I remember there was this one move where, you know, like the flailing move? Yeah. Where she would flail. I'd be like, look, mom, I learned this move. So then I would like go on the couch and I would like flail. And then she's like, what the fuck? What kind of movie is this? What is this movie? And then I remember I was like, look, dad, look at this move I can do. And then he's like, what the fuck are you having him watch? Like... Baby. Hi, I'm Trevor Campbell, and this is You Made Me Queer, the show where queer people astral project themselves into a utopian universe void of fear, prejudice, or Docker's khakis. That's right. Every episode, I invite an enchanting LGBTQIA plus person on to point the finger of blame at who and or what made them queer. That's what we did all season one, and that's what we're doing all season two. What a summer it's been, hey? Um, Let's see. COVID shines on. Global warming is mad as hell. And (laughs) misogynists of all stripes have written think pieces debating whether or not Olympic legend Simone Biles is a crybaby. Spoiler, she's not. Go F yourself. As for me... Uh, I ate some Korean pork bone soup, watched season two of The Mandalorian finally, and uh, at one point fell out of a yoga handstand straight into a bunk bed, and I still have a bruise on my shin. And now you know everything. So, season two of You Made Me Queer, drumroll, sound effect insert here, is brought to you by the Sonar Network, home of some of truly the funniest and freakiest pods around, including yours truly. I'm going to be popping up as a guest on some other Sonar Network podcasts. One of them I have already the other day, a very funny podcast called Spooked, which you should check out. There's more on the way. If you want to see me guesting through someone else's podcast parameters and not my own, you can do that. Uh, All of this will be posted on social media. Instagram and Twitter at You Made Me Queer. Follow us there if you're not already, because that's where the digital party's at. And if this past year and a half has taught us anything, it's that the digital world is the only one that will survive. Also, You Made Me Queer has a new release schedule. Episodes will be out every other week, not every week. What? What's wrong with me? Am I a quitter like Olympian Simone Biles? No, no, she's not a quitter. I just have some other projects I need to work on and cook up for you. And continuing a weekly podcast while doing so would mean a one-way ticket to Ulcer Town, uh, also known as Ulceropolis, New Ulcerburg, Stratford-upon-Ulcer. Anyway, thank you for understanding. We are bi-weekly, baby. And what's a queerer schedule than bi-weekly? If you're new to You Made Me Queer, this podcast that you're listening to right now, welcome, bienvenidos, uh, bienvenue à You Made Me Queer. May I suggest you check out season one? We have 20 episodes of red hot queer retribution for you to stick in your ear holes. These episodes are where you can hear things like comedy legend Gavin Crawford revealing the name of his Prairie Street Gang, uh, drag icon Jinx Monsoon introducing us to the other, and more preferable in my opinion, Jodie Foster, and independent film darling forever child Heather Matarazzo explaining how to hotwire both a car and a boat. So before you go any further, please go listen to our entire first season. It's fine. I'll wait. Are you back? That was fun, right? It was fun, right? Okay, so now on to today's show. My guest today is Brandon Ash Muhammad. You know I love a triple barrel name. Also, his initials are BAM, which really gets my blood pumping. And... His website URL ends in .lol, so as far as I'm concerned, introduction over, 
but for the greedy amongst you, here's more. Brandon self-identifies as a comedian, a writer, and a future Real Housewife of Atlanta. We should all be so lucky. I know I've got the body for it. Producers, do you have the budget for it? Uh, Brandon is a Tim Sims Award-nominated comedian, a Telefilm New Voices Award-winning writer, and the creator of The Ethnic Rainbow, which is Canada's first and only comedy show for LGBT comedians of color. Frickin' rad. He's made appearances at prestigious fest. Ooh, prestigious. This is self-pen copy. So, listen, if you know you're hot, you know you're hot. Prestigious festivals such as the Field Trip Festival, Just for Laughs Montreal, and Just for Laughs 42, a.k.a. JFL 42. Brandon was named a breakout artist of 2018 by Now Magazine, indie news legend Now Magazine in Toronto, and a comic to watch in 2019 by CBC. He was a writer on the first season of CBC's Tall Boys with a Z, and Brandon's debut album, Capricornication with an amazing cover, by the way, check out that cover art, is the first comedy album ever released by a gay black Canadian. So, up yours, everyone. And as Ariana Grande might say whilst doing a Celine Dion impression, shall we go for it? We shall. So, please enjoy my conversation with the www.funny.lol, Brandon Ash Muhammad. Talk me through this polar bear paw that's in front of you. Oh, that is just my microphone, whatever it's called. What is it called? Oh, pop? Yeah, like the pop filter. Yeah, the pop filter. I wanted something, because it's called like a snowball mic. So I wanted it to look like a snowball. I'm getting big time like Arctic winter vibes. Yeah, that's what I wanted. I wanted wanted to represent for Canada. I'm so glad you're doing it. I mean, tis the Olympics, right? Yeah, I haven't watched it, but. Neither have I. I didn't mean to open that can of worms. I'm actually a little bit anti-Olympic. Yeah, me too. Which I think is fine. Yeah. Also for people who can't see this, this pop filter thing we're talking about. And by people who can't see, I mean everyone, because this is a podcast. Yeah, this is a podcast. That's right. I'm just learning how the medium works. So there's basically like a furry, it looks like a polar bear paw reaching up Uh to kind of just cradle Brandon's face in its hands. Yeah. It's quite sweet. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, there we are. We've got some animals. Uh I've got a polar fleece blanket behind me. Oh my gosh. Okay. You got everything. If you guys hear jingling, it's I have beads on my braids. And yeah, it's a fun time. I've braided beads. They look great. And it's also some nice ASMR. Yeah. Do you hear that? Do you hear those beats? There you go, everyone. Feast on that. Yeah. So how are you doing? Where are you uh, buzzing in from? I am at my house in Toronto. Great. Where are you? I'm also, uh, I'm in my basement apartment in Toronto. So don't think you're better than me because you live above ground. I never said that. You're projecting. <laughs> I know I am. I'm always doing that. I live by Ossington Station. What about you? Oh, you live by Ossington Station. Okay, I live in an area of Toronto known as Mount Dennis. Oh, I've heard about it, but I've only heard it pronounced Mont Denis. Oh, really? <laughs> Just by hoity-toity folk. I think, no, they were joking. But tell me about Mount Dennis. If you could describe Mount Dennis in five words or less. Um, Mount Dennis is um, gentrification, kind of hood, but also nature. Perfect. That sounds great. Old, classic. That's what I like about it. Yeah. I think we're we're almost at 10 words at this point. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to describe the area. The area used to be very um, industrial. The Kodak headquarters used to be here. Oh, I know that area. Yeah. Like literally like right behind my house. And then it, it all tore down 2006. And um, yeah, they are now building the LRT construction. Is that up by like, <laughs> are you riveted yet, listeners? <gasps> is that up by the highway? No, that is like further, further up. I'm like central. There's one build. There's one building that is still there from the Kodak, the Kodak years, which was like a hundred and something years. But do you think anyone's squatting in it? No, because it's been so. Basically, they ha- it was there. It was vacant for like ten plus years. Ugh. And I used to like go inside of it and like look around. And I really see, when it was empty. Yeah, because it used to be like a bridge that like where the grocery is. It's like mm-hmm. I think it used to be a parking lot or something for the 
building. So you used to be able to go across the bridge and go, and sometimes people would have broken into the building. So you could just like go in. Yeah. Like I used to see people like jumping on the roof and all kind of craziness. But um, no, like a couple of years ago, they moved the building several feet. <laughs> like the whole building? Yeah, they like, they like <laughs> put the foundation on some like crazy motor system and they moved it and then they started the construction and then yeah now they've like completely like revitalized it because they wanted to keep that building because it's like a heritage building oh my, God. my area is full of like a lot of like heritage spots that okay. not that many people know about like on my street is scotia bank oh. and this scotia bank is like a hundred and something years old and it was i heard it was i don't know if this is true but it was like the first bank in toronto where like women could cash checks without needing like a man's signature oh god that's yeah. a bummer yeah but good that that i mean that's a good to. thing it's like it's like thing. a good yeah oh, can you imagine yeah. also did they ever move that building they actually <laughs> did move that bank <laughs> the bank was on because i remember i was because they have like the old like the old mount dennis newspaper articles so you can read them at the oh, library cool. and there was one and it was like this building this building sits on a motor and it moved blah 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 during the construction so i was like damn they got everything here i mean that is some i guess i guess that's what we're working towards we're, we're developing our human smarts to do things like move buildings that's what we do here we are also could you imagine like this is not news but imagine going to try and cash a check and the teller being like i'm just gonna real quick call your husband and make sure he knows you're doing this or we you need his signature you need your dad's signature or your husband's signature and honestly what's the difference in 1908 or whatever or whenever it was i don't know when it was don't date your dad yeah don't date your dad if you take one thing from this podcast unless he's real hot what <laughs> just kidding so uh i don't want to set a word cap like i did before but how's your pandemic been is it even worth talking about anymore um it was fine and then it was a disaster and now i'm just recovering from the disaster are you crying right now? No, I I don't know. Like my moisture. Oh, it's sunscreen. <laughs> That's what happened. I'm like, why are my eyes burning? Okay. And yeah, I got sunscreen in my eye just now. And now you got to stay moisturized. You got to stay fresh. Yeah, I got to protect myself from the sun but i think it's gone well that's the perfect segue listen you got to protect yourself from the sun because there are so many things out there we don't know are happening that yeah. we didn't protect ourselves from when we could have uh -huh. it's already too late mm -hmm. and see brandon that's why we're here that's because we're one here. of the things we didn't protect ourselves from was queerness <gasps> i know because now we know now we know how to protect ourselves oh my the hazmat suits you need to wear oh one of the God. big sources that turned out those little glade plugins you could put over the AC in the car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would make you gay. That would make you gay. Do you remember when they had like the Shania Twain ones? <laughs> there was a Shania Twain air freshener. Yes. So there was like, <laughs> I can't, okay, let me, I got to look it up. But it was like, yeah. they had this thing and you could listen to like Shania Twain songs on this like CD that also like played like scent. <gasps> Shania Twain air freshener. I wonder what it smelled like. What was it called? It was called Febreze Scent Source Scent oh, no. Stories. And so it was like uh, curated with music. It was like, okay, let me, let me, let me read it out. Let me read, let me read. You the okay, read this it. advertising copy. 2004, it was an air freshener that made both good sense and bad sense. <laughs> right writing. A joke doesn't work on a podcast so well, but you get it. Okay, keep going. Yeah. Fabrice sensories look like a CD player with CD-like disc, disc inserts that gave off different aromas with titles like Exploring a Mountain Trail, Following a Winding Creek, Wandering Barefoot on a Shore, and Relaxing in the Hammock. Ooh. The look of sense stories coupled with country music star Shania Twain for the product confused consumers who thought it was both a music player and an air freshener. Right. The ambiguity led to its failure. Yeah, I thought it was like a fucking CD player or something. Yeah, even you, you're repping and you didn't know. So it didn't play any music? No, because like in the, the song, it would like, she would like play, like she would like put one in and she's like listening to her music while like <laughs> vibing yes. to like this sense. And I always wanted one. And I remember I used to see it at the grocery store, but they were so expensive. Oh. God. I think they were like $50. Right. And what a bummer if you also thought it was going to play from this moment on. And then you yeah. got it home and it just smelled like pine trees. Yeah. Or like the Up album. The Up era. <laughs> oh, no. Up, Up, Up. Yeah. And it was a double album? It was a triple album. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. So one was the pop version. One was the country. What was the third one? And then there was a world version and it was red. Oh, and it was just like someone playing maracas over the track. It was like really weird. Like it was like, it would have be like, it would be like Up. But it would have like a sitar and all these other Indian <laughs> instruments. And it just like didn't sound like those 
like they went together, but like it was experimental. It was experimental. Someone just had an extra day in Garage Band, and they're like, "Yeah, why don't we make a third CD? Get it, get it, Shania." Yeah, they said so. With this album, we're gonna talk about this album. Yeah, please. Just one, one little more. Yeah, please. So this album. So, so Night Twain had, holds the feat of having three consecutive Diamond albums. So the first one was um the one with From This Moment. There was on. Come On Over, yeah. and then there was like What a Woman Wants, or whatever the first the one before the that. The Woman was. in Me, I want to say. The Woman in Me, or something like that. Yeah. Sorry, guys. And then the third <laughs> album, Up, was was also yeah, Up diamond. with an exclamation point. Yes, but the reason why Up went diamond was because back then the R I A A A counted double and triple albums. Like <gasps> oh, it's so smart. So like you could buy one album, but it would count as two. So she sold like basically like I don't know like there was three million albums so she sold maybe I don't know three point five million right but it was counted as three three albums oh my god so because of that her album was counted her album went diamond so she only had to sell one third as many albums yeah to bust it yeah oh my god okay well that's some trickery that Anyways, also can make you no that's a that's I'm a going hot fact I'm so going no off. you've made it even more conclusive so listen. Glade plugins straight out the gate were making everyone gay. They made me but gay. Yeah. Then you tie it with a partnership with Shania Twain, and it's like, yeah, I mean, there's no hope. So yeah, there's no hope. But that's why we start podcasts, Brandon. And I that's want why, one. <laughs> that's why I'm here. You have a podcast. Somebody send me one. You've got what a Shania Twain thing? Yeah, someone send me a Shania Twain scent story. Yeah, someone get it. on that on uh, eBay or Kijiji. Glade. Yeah, it's one of my sponsors. Oh, it's a Febreze. I don't know. Whatever. Whoever. The first thing we have to do is figure out who makes it, and then we'll get the. I think it was Febreze. Produce it, it again. Glade. Okay. Maybe they're the same company. I don't know. Oh, it says Listen, Febreze. A, it says there's Febreze. There's a lot Sense to unpack stories. there. It says Febreze. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll come back to Febreze Sense Stories. Okay. But for the time being, the reason why I brought you here today, not just to talk about Shania's offshoots, but also because I want to give you the rare opportunity, you and that big fuzzy polar bear hand in front of you, mm-hmm. step up to the mic and once and for all, point the finger of blame at who and or what Brendan Ash Muhammad made you queer. Okay, so so are, are you putting me on the spot right now? I just got to tell the story. <laughs> I mean, where do I even, where do we even start? Where do we even start? Okay, I think what made me queer was Madonna. Oh, great. Um, I mean, it's classic. It's classic. Yeah, I mean, she's made a lot of people queer. Pale as old as time. <laughs> but I remember I was just like, when was this? Maybe this was like 2002. Mm. There was all of these tapes in um, my mom's, in like my grandmother's garage. And I went through them and there was like this blank tape. And I was like, let me listen to it. And this is like way after like cassette tapes, by the way. Yeah. Like, this and- is like years after. So like cassette tapes, I was just like, ooh, retro. You were like, what is this thing? Yeah, I was like, I like it. I like it. I'm into it. <laughs> the classics. So whatever I played it, and it had like four Madonna songs on it. Um, it was like True Blue, La Isla Bonita, Live to Tell, and then this like deep cut from the Like a Virgin album called Stay, which was last. And I remember I would listen to it over and over and over and over again. And I was like, this is the most amazing music. This is so amazing. Like, what is this? Like, who is this artist? And then my, I, I didn't know who it was. Because like at my point of reference for Madonna at that point was like, um, she had like the music album. Yeah. But I yeah. didn't even know it was her. I thought it was Sarah Jessica <laughs> they did have the same sort of wavy blonde yeah, hair yeah. so I thought I was like isn't she in Sex in the City and I was like no that's <laughs> someone else it's another white lady <laughs> that's um, right. and then um, like my earliest memories of Madonna was like Madonna's bedtime stories era and that's what oh. I just thought Madonna looked like yeah yeah but yeah so I would I would listen to this all the time my mom I didn't know who it was and my mom was like okay this is Madonna yeah so hang on here's my question so you found this tape there was no album art it was just like no Maxwell. it was just like Somebody like made this tape in the 80s or so something. So you heard this voice and like you didn't know the name. You didn't like. I knew like True Blue and I knew La Isla Bonita, but I never heard right. Live to Tell or um, Stay. And Stay was like my favorite song. It's almost like it called to you. Like this reminds me of something where like it called for you. It, like the, the videotape in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what I was going to say. It was like, yeah. it'll be gay. Totally. It called you into the garage. And then as soon as you heard the first like, you know, intro to the music, you were already touched. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. So then over time, I remember I would like look up these songs and I would try to watch like the music videos and I would always try to find different Madonna music videos. But back then there was no YouTube. Right. There was no like really video streaming, like music video site. 
So there was something called like, what was it called? Like Windows Media Player. <laughs> yeah. You remember that? Oh, yeah. And if you went in Windows Media Player, they had like a different like kind of like interface and they would show different music videos. So I would watch like all of these Madonna music videos on Windows Media Player, but there were some that didn't didn't exist. Like the True Blue video wasn't there. And this would be like dial-up modem speed, probably, right? It wasn't. My dad was a computer engineer, so okay. I never, ever had to deal with that. And I don't <laughs> remember dial-up. How dare you call me that old? But okay. I don't remember it. I honestly don't remember it. You're, you're lucky. It was slow times, man. It was slow times, I bet. But I remember, yeah, that was like, and I started like listening to Madonna all the time. And I really wanted, I started buying all of her CDs. And it was like really weird because like like her first three albums were out of print. So they did like a 20th <laughs> anniversary thing. So it was like this weird version of them. And I would just like listen to them, listen to them, listen to them, listen to them all the time. Uh-huh. And then I remember it was like camp of 2004. And I had just saw the Britney Spears like Onyx Hotel tour. Okay. You said camp? Like you were at summer camp or something? Like I was at camp. Like I was about to go to camp. Okay. And then it was like, I, heard, I remember I heard that Madonna was coming to Toronto. Yeah. So I was just like, what am I going to do? How am I going to see Madonna? Like I need to go home from Halliburton <laughs> and go see the concert and then go back to camp. And I really wanted to see Madonna so much on the camp. It's like, it's not going to happen. My mom was like, it's not going to happen. And I remember what my mom would do was she would mail me like cutouts from like the tour of the thing that was happening. But I still hoped that I would like go to the tour. And I remember like the day come of the concert. And I was like, it's Madonna's concert. Oh my God. Is somebody like going to surprise me? <laughs> You're and, waiting for like the limo. Yeah, to and I'm just like waiting for like, I don't know, like a, a helicopter to come. <laughs> and nobody freaking came. So I missed the damn concert. No. And I, I remember. the story was going to no, end with something. No, uh, no, no. And or like then, you running into the woods, like with yes, a stick and bindle. Be like, I will see Madonna. I will see her. <laughs> So then I just remember also during this period, like having like flashbacks of different memories of Madonna throughout my childhood and be like, that was Madonna. That was Madonna. Like I have this memory of being in a car seat and there's like, my mom went to buy this movie, this like movie. And I remember like there was an ad for the movie in front of this video store. Remember video stores? I do. I do. Yeah. It was this woman being like, oh. And like, like holding her cheeks like Macaulay Culkin, like oh, like different poses like that. Yeah. And then I remember I was like, I think I rem- that was Madonna, and I think <laughs> that was a tape that we own, and it's in my basement. So then I went through my basement and I found Truth or Dare. Oh my god! So you had like fractures of memories, and then yeah. later going back, you're like, it was always Madonna. It was always Madonna. Madonna's <laughs> always been there. Like I remember finding there. my mom's Ray of Light album, like this was Madonna. <laughs> I'm like, who is she? Why is she so many different people? How many different white ladies is she? I had uh, another guest, Trina Winter, came on the show, and yeah. she was like, uh, I saw Evita. And that was my intro to Madonna. And then after that, she asked her mom, like, does the woman who plays Evita have any other music? Like, does she do anything besides Evita? Yeah. The intro is always different, but all roads lead to the catalog. Because my mom was a Madonna fan in the 80s. Oh, yeah. So, like, she was a teenager back then. Yeah. So, like, there was, like, some remnants of, like, old Madonna stuff that she had that that I had. And I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing. Did you guys connect over that? Like a little bit, kind of. Mm. But then I remember she would kind of like try to censor my Madonna net, like my Madonna. Because again, I was just like, oh, this is art. Right. Like to me, I was like, this is art. Like I would listen to like erotica and I was like, art. (laughs) Not understanding the sexual nature of it. Like I understood that like she was definitely like a sexual person, but I didn't really understand what that meant. But then I remember like seeing the erotica album stuff. Yeah. And then like list, reading the track list, like, why is it so hard? I was like, oh, like what's Madonna. Madonna. <laughs> but it was- Were you, do you think for your mom, like, was it, do you think she was concerned with the sexual content or was I it? I think that she thought I was like a horny little boy who was trying to like oh, jack off to Madonna. Like it was just right. like a ruse. And then, like, I remember um, I made her buy me the Girly Show DVD. Yeah. And again, this is, like, 10, 15 years after all of this happened. Yeah. So, like, nobody knows, nobody in my class knew who the fuck, like, what I was talking about or my point of references. Mm -hmm. So I remember, like, at the beginning of of the Girly Show tour, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I've seen parts of it. I'm trying to remember her name. She's from Dancing with the Stars. 
She one of the judges on Dancing with the Stars. Currently, originally, currently, like Carrie Ann Anaba. Okay, great. No idea who that is. Okay, so Carrie Ann Anaba comes down from this giant stripping pole, like this <laughs> giant like pole, topless, and does all of these like sensual moves, like going down, like like just touching her titties, doing all kinds of shit. <laughs> And my mom sees this and she's just like, nope, you're not allowed to watch this. And I was like, it's art, mom. It is art. <laughs> don't you understand? The artistic discretion. And I don't even know really what that meant. I just heard Madonna constantly say that. So I was like, yeah. art. This That's is right. art. This is It's art. a good excuse to watch uh, anything, yeah. really. But then I remember watching Truth or Dare. And there was like, there was like a scene in the movie where... Um, she gets one of her dan- one of her dancers like shows their dick and I was just like in the so thing yeah in the movie but like oh you God. don't see it but I would always like try to rewind it like, <laughs> what is that let me You're see like, that wait wait what is going on what <laughs> what is going on no did that make sense to you because like your mom obviously projecting her fear that you were seeing female bodies women's bodies or whatever yeah but like did she was she worried I don't know like did she have an idea that you might be gay or queer or I think they all both of my parents my parents did yeah but like i don't know what they were doing i think they were just kind of like humoring this okay. like i remember my dad was like i know why you like madonna because of her boobies or something <laughs> like they just couldn't fathom that i liked madonna because i liked her music yeah um, but for the art yeah i did but i remember like watching that and being like oh my god what, what is this what right, is suddenly this? there's a penis in this situation yeah and then, yeah, so then there was that. And I would, like, watch that. I would watch Truth or Dare all the time and try to learn all of the choreography. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, I had this, like, plan to learn um, all of the steps from her, um, what is it? Um, the opening number, which is Express Yourself, mm-hmm. uh, with the, like, Metropolis, whatever, theme. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of Germans, early German cinema. In, art. See, or, art. Yeah, everywhere art. you turn. Yeah. I can't remember, what is it called? The mic. Mygar? I can't remember what it's called. Uh, but it was Weim- like like v- Weimar? Yeah, Weimar. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. The, the whole era. A lot of that in her yeah. in her, in her, her art. A lot of like uh, queer undertone, like the Germans before the Nazis. Yes, all, it's like, very like Madonna, yeah. like Marlene Dietrich yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember just like watching that and I had this like plan. I was like, I'm going to learn all the choreography. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to audition for a Tobacco School of the Art. Yes, ESA. As a dancer, it's come up on the podcast before. As a dancer, and I'm gonna do this routine. I mean, it never happened. Oh. I was too shy to audition back then. Are you a dancer? I can dance. I'm not a trained dancer. I find following choreography very hard sometimes. Oh shoot! Like, especially like footwork. It takes me like a, a little bit. It takes me like a while. But the Madonna stuff, like, cause you know she she's a mover. She's a good mover. So yeah, was it? Uh, yeah. Were you able to learn it? I was able to learn it, and yes. I was like, I, like I would dance all the time. I would constantly be dancing to Madonna and Britney Spears, Me Against the Music. Yes. I would try and make my brother play Me Against the Music, where we would be like. Uh, like we would find like we'd be at, like a park and like oh look a a rotten bed frame let's let's try and like <laughs> let's dance around it yeah and my brother was just like a very straight man what a good sport he was no he was just like I don't know what this is like <laughs> let's play Hot Wheels or something <laughs> but this led me to like get really into into dance okay yeah. so I was really about dance and then during this period my mom was just like would give me all of get all of these dance movies so eventually i saw all of these dance movies what's dance movie like in that era is that like julia styles save the yeah like save the last dance oh no (laughs) there was like bring it on um what was that one where they used um canned heat from jamiroquai uh, I can't remember. It's ringing a hard bell. It's a great song. Oh, Center Stage, Center Stage. Oh, oh my God, Center Stage. Yeah. Yes, Honey. A, a montage to Can't Heat, I think. Honey, yes. Dirty Dancing, Flash Dance, all of those movies. So finally yes. I like went through all of them. And my mom went to like the video store and she was like, do you have any like dancing movies? And I don't know who like did this, but basically they're like, yes, there's this great dancing, a lot of, great, a lot of dancing in this movie. And then he gave her Showgirls. Oh, wait. So all of her fears about, like, the girly show Madonna, she's like, this is getting too racy. But she didn't know what it was about. Of course not. So so she didn't know what it was about. It sounds like a musical. Yes. So she was like, oh, yeah, Showgirls. This is great. So my mom, whatever, comes home. She's like, I'm going to do laundry. I got you this movie. And then (laughs) whatever. Me and my friend watch Showgirls. Yeah. How old were you? I think I was, like, 11. For folks who don't know, there was full female frontal nudity yeah. in Showgirls. Yeah, and I remember I liked, I was like, whoosh, whoosh, 
yeah. And I would do all of the moves. And I remember there was this one move where, you know, like the flailing move? Yeah. Where she would flail. I'd be like, look, mom, I learned this move. So then I would like go on the couch and I would like flail. And then she's like, what the fuck? What What kind of movie is this? What is this movie? And then I remember I was like, look, dad, look at this move I can do. And he's like, what the fuck are you having him watch? Like, And that, like for dance purists, the style of dancing you saw in that movie is like jerky at all times there's nothing yeah. graceful about show there's girls. nothing it was just like a lot of like hands it was like a lot of hands yeah but yeah and i remember i was like obsessed with this movie but then i was like what what there's sex happening <gasps> so no one was ever in the room like no adult ever saw you watching this so they didn't know no i remember okay. i would watch like there would be kyle Mc- mclaughlin's yeah name, kyle kyle mclaughlin yeah mclaughlin's sex scene and i remember i would watch that i would watch that a lot <laughs> I don't know why I like this. Yeah, the one in the pool, right? Where she yeah, the one in the pool. Dolphin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was my that was that was that was a movie for me. All right, but did you know what were you like? Oh, I'm attracted to these dudes, or was I it- didn't know what it was. I just right. thought it was like attractive. I, okay. I didn't understand. Okay, something was just like the fire was starting to burn. Yeah, something something was in there. Yeah, but then during this time where I was like very obsessed with dance, my mom was like, "I know why you're obsessed with dance." And I was like, why? And she's like, well, when I was pregnant with you, mm-hmm. I saw Paula Abdul live. <gasps> That'll do it. And Paula Abdul blew me a kiss. So I think that she was like putting something on you. Wait, the greatest story of all time. Paula yeah. Abdul's blown kiss made you queer. Yeah, she was blowing kisses in the wind. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. in utero. It went Yeah, in utero. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I think happened. I think Paula planted the seed. That's the greatest Paula might story. be my father. Paula, Paula is your father and Paula's kiss is your mother. Yeah. Paula is my house mother. Oh, thank God. You Made Me Queer. You Made Me Queer. We'll be right back. And now back to more You Made Me Queer. You Made Me Queer. But yeah. So then for a while I became obsessed with Paula Abdul and that just like all led into that. And then Janet Jackson. Like straight up? Yeah, straight, straight up. I was obsessed with Forever Your Girl. And I yes. was obsessed with that whole era. And I would have like, again, back like flashes where I'm like, that was Paula Abdul. I remember this, man. I remember this. Like, <laughs> Wait, they were yeah. there. They were always there. Yeah. Did you, is this before your time? Did you ever watch In Living Color? Um, I watched In Living Color a little bit. I remember J-Lo. Yeah. I remember seeing J-Lo. I'd be like, that's J-Lo. And I wanted to be a fly girl. Oh my God, those fly girls. Damn, yeah. they were always on the roof of some like, we'll say like the abandoned Kodak building. Yeah, yeah. Just like dancing in like army fatigue. Yeah. Very hot. We love, we love Rosie Perez choreography. Choreographer. Yes. Choreographer extraordinaire, Rosie Perez, because she choreographed it. 100%. She's a machine. There's clips of her in solid gold that are like, yeah, take your they're so away. funny. Yeah. They're so funny. She also choreographed um, Bobby Brown's Every Little Step You Take. Oh. And I think she also choreographed something for the Jacksons. I don't know. She's everywhere. Paul also did that. She's everywhere. Okay. So Paula Abdul blows a kiss before it leads up. You look back in your memories, you realize Madonna and Paula Abdul have always been there yeah. with their hands around you. They're just like, we got you. We got, got you. you. Then Kyle McLaughlin's brings that sort of like waxed bond yeah. into the picture. Yeah. He was pretty waxed, I think. He was pretty waxed. And I just remember like being into that. Yeah. I remember my mom used to watch Sex in the City and I would be there and I'd be like, this is really good. I really like the storylines of this show. <laughs> the art. Yeah. I really like Madonna the art. was in it as Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes. <laughs> Her acting debut. It was just like my entire childhood. I was like, I was constantly chasing these music videos that I couldn't see and these different things that I couldn't have access to because they weren't on the internet. Of course, yes. You had to take it through whatever thing they issued. Yeah. But yeah. it was always pretty diva, dancing diva-based for you, hey? Yeah, I wanted to be a dancer. You wanted to be a, d- a dancer. It was in your bones. Uh-huh. But then, like, you've talked about sort of, like, men starting to enter the picture. So when when was this not just, like, I love these fabulous women? And when did it become a bit sexualized? When it became sexualized? When, it, when did it become sexualized? I don't even know. I think it was, like, I got internet. <laughs> we didn't have, I didn't have internet during all of... Like, I didn't have internet when people, like, were fully on the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have internet until I started high school. What you, When was that? That was, like, 2006, 2005. Okay. Or maybe it was grade 8 or something. I almost want to argue you didn't miss much. Yeah, so it was, like, I didn't really have that. So then when I got it, I was just, like, uh, look at all these men. Look at LimeWire porn. Blah, 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 oh, blah. Gotcha. So I think it was, like, during then, like, I remember, <laughs> like, I learned how to masturbate <laughs> from, um... 
my mom's friend had like a like a sex book and I remember like when we would go over like our friends like her daughter would show it to us and like this is so funny and then I remember like reading the book and it had like these directions it was like how to masturbate and I was like oh my god hmm, maybe I'll try this was it yeah. like a Kama Sutra book or something it was like something like that <laughs> yeah with like a uh, little like Ikea step by step no it was like actual like people like oh like people. photos yeah. yeah like photos yeah wow. of of well I guess they would be dudes because that's yeah, what you would be following so dude. yeah yeah wow uh-huh. okay so that uh <laughs> gotcha so it kind of went it feel, I feel like we skipped a lot of steps but I also think that's yeah. pretty normal well then I also went to like summer camp oh and then I mean during all of this period and I mean nothing like explit like 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 I never like hooked up with anybody really, but like yeah. stuff happened. Sure. And stuff definitely like happened. And that really like was cultivating. Well, also. Oh, wait, wait, wondering... wait. Well, what? I do have a story. I do have a story. Okay, go. This is kind of queer. This is kind of queer, Jason. So I had a very high voice uh-huh. growing up and people would always be like, why does he sound like a girl? He sounds like a girl. I don't know if that, this, I think that happens to a lot of queer people, a lot of gay men at least. Yeah, yeah. So when I went to this camp, I knew that I was going to be around all the guys. And from my experience, being around all guys is a nightmare. Hmm. So I was just like, I'm just not going to talk or I'm just going to speak in accents the entire time. So basically, I decided to speak in um, a British accent. And, and like claim you were British? No, I just like decided to speak. Yeah, basically. And they were like, you sound like Hermione from, <laughs> from Harry Potter. So then this escalated to, um, I guess this is like kind of like my first hookup start. Um, yeah. This escalated to like men, like different, like not men, like little, like all the other little boys being like, oh my God, say something dirty as Hermione. In your British accent. Yeah, my British accent. So I'd be like, oh, Harry, wrong hole or something like. <laughs> so this like, week, okay. Yeah, so it was just like really stupid. And then I remember one time we went camping and then um there was this one dude i was in his tent he was like can you do that again can you do that can you do that voice so then he was just like so then i was like doing it or whatever yeah and then he like got in his like his his, um his tent and then started like humping me through the tent or not tent not the tent but (laughs) what is it called sleeping bag sorry i would love it he was like outside the whole tent yeah yeah just just humping the tent so wait, then was he also doing like uh, uh, Harry Potter or like? No, he was just like voice? really into like like the the. It was like phone sex, but actual like right like thing. It was like yeah. like a bit of a like a like a role play thing. Weird because I mean, like Emma Watson, you know, great, beautiful, lovely advocate for a lot of things. Yeah, not known as a sexy child. Is that fair? Not- I don't, I don't, maybe back then as, as the child, the children were like, oh, Hermione. I mean, I guess, yeah. I guess you were all children at the time. So there's nothing yeah. untoward here. Yeah. We were like 11, 12. Okay. So this was like 11. Be, yeah. She was someone that you and your friends could conceivably date. Yeah. I guess. Like age. Okay. I guess. That's cool. I guess. Cool. So, uh, so, so, <laughs> so being Hermione, channeling Hermione, was that like your first sexual experience? I guess so, kind of, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Emma Watson, if you're listening, uh, we want to know how you feel about this. Let us know. Uh, I'll tell her one day. I'm yeah. I'll tell you, Emma. You guys are going to laugh about it on the Graham Norton couch yeah. one day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there, please. Uh, For me, it was um, Luna Lovegood. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Luna Imagine L- I had some very similar. <laughs> yeah, I remember all of those little boys, like Luna. They're like, Luna. Luna. They're moaning metal. That would be a super weird yeah. sexual one to do. Yeah. She's an old ghost that haunts a toilet, for people who don't know. Haunts a toilet. I guess that's kind of hot. It was like a 40-something-year-old woman playing a child, also. <laughs> yeah, also. And she was the friend in Bridget Jones's Diary. Oh, damn. The I first movie. I watched Bridget Jones. I gotta watch it. Eh, I don't know if it holds up but at the time it was all we had and i liked it i gotta watch it i gotta watch it so what i also want to know too because i'm really stuck on you at camp waiting for the madonna copter to come over the pine trees and pick you up Uh so did all the other kids at camp know that you were desperate to go to this concert yes like a lot of people knew that i was like i loved madonna yeah like i remember one time i was like really nervous i was really shy so the way that they got me to open up was this one counselor like had like a Madonna like Madonna was on the cover of like People magazine and like brought like the magazine like right next to my face and was like oh my god like I don't know if anyone's told you this, but you look exactly like Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was like, oh my God, yeah, I do. I <laughs> Finally do. Finally someone noticed. Yeah. That's so cute. And I was just like, oh my God. And that, that's how I started opening up. And I was Aww. kind of like secretive about it. Like I never like wanted other like boys to know that I really liked Madonna. Yeah. And I remember even when I would go to HMV, I'll get my mom to buy the CDs. Cause I felt like this like deep shame. Like there was like this shame in it. And it was because I guess like as a child to child i guess this is another queer origin story where it was like i was very into sailor moon and the spice girl yes and me too being into those things made all the other little boys make fun of you yeah so then i was like i don't want to deal with this yeah yeah you learn even when people don't speak on it you sort of implicitly learn that yeah, things yeah. have a weird taboo to them and you stop talking about them yeah so i just like i tried my best to like whatever but i mean i still talked about it all the time and then, like, I remember, um, this is, like, grade eight. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, um, we had to do, like, a music report on a person we really liked. Mm-hmm. So I, like, did one on Madonna. But I never, like, presented it or anything because I was, like, too ashamed. Even though I, like, did the diorama. I did all of the research. Oh, I had no, all of these songs just, planned. Like, the word. But I was just, like, I, I, don't, I don't have it done. Like, because <gasps> I was, like, too nervous. Oh, no. And then... I remember all of these people kind of being like, oh, you have Madonna's on you're gay or whatever. Right. And I was just like, okay. But then I remember I was in the, like this, like we were in French class and we were all at these tables of four. And I was in this like really like oppressive group of four and I hated the people. Mm. And then for some reason they made a switch. So they switched everyone around and I sat with this girl named Sarah, this guy named McGuire and this girl named Diana. Mm. And Diana right. loved, Britney Spears and I like Madonna. She got you. So we became like best friends and we would always like, like I would be Madonna. She would be be Britney Spears. And then we named the other two, um, Paula Abdul and Michael Jackson. (laughs) Yeah. This was the foursome. Yeah, that was the foursome. I mean, the other two were not into it and like never paid it any mind. Yeah. But me and her, we were like, oh my God, Paula. So your brother got to retire from the uh, yeah. Me so Against the me Music video? And me and Miss Diana, I miss Diana. Yes. And we would just have so much fun all the time, like talking about like Madonna and Britney Spears and everything that was happening with them. And I was like, Madonna's going to release a new album. I heard it. I heard about it on Madonnalicious.com. And then we would yes. like, talk about like, and like, I think Madonna's having, a, or Britney Spears is having a baby. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And like, and then I had like a like kind of like like a sister, like a partner who yeah. like, kind of understood that I like liked Madonna and like was okay with it and didn't like stop being my friend over it. Which I think too is like maybe harder for people to understand now yeah. that that social media and the internet is so prevalent because yeah. you can go on Instagram and find like connect to these legions of fans. Yeah. But especially mm-hmm. at the time, like when you met that friend, like for me, it was Spice Girls. Yeah. And for me in grade school, when I found a group of friends who were like, yeah, we like the Spice Girls too. Yeah, we'll learn the live in Istanbul choreography with you in the basement. I was like, oh my God, finally, like somewhere, some group where I can be myself. Yeah. And it was, it was like awesome because it was like the year prior in grade seven, I had my best friend was named Lydia. Great name. And um, she's no longer with us. RIP by Lydia. Mm. Um, but what she like kind of stopped talking to me and I guess it was like because I was like weird because I I we liked Britney Spears and I remember we used to like walk home every day in grade seven and sing what would we say we would sing the In the Zone album oh yeah and sure. then whatever grade eight came and this new girl came and she was like he's weird he likes Britney Spears so then she stopped talking to me and I was like, okay so I didn't really have anyone I was like the way that my school worked like I was deemed to have a learning disability so we were in this other class and then how it worked is they would put us with they would assign us another class to um, have like French with gym, science or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So we would just be like, this class would be like with itself all the time. And then we would just show up and they would be like, who are these people? These people are weird. These people are are dumb. And this was in grade school? So this was like grade seven, grade eight. Oh, it's so, so excruciating because you're like, I don't want to stand out. Yeah. So I was just like, I felt really like awkward. I was really quiet. Like people had like been making fun of me for years. So at that point I had like shut down. Mm. And then everyone thought that I was like very dumb and like I, that I couldn't speak and that I was. So I just like stopped talking and I didn't really like have any friends. I had like a, like a couple friends. And they were like a year younger than me. So I never really like had anyone in my grade that I can go to. And all the kids always thought I was like weird. So then when I had like Diana and we um, bonded over like Britney Spears and Madonna, I yeah. finally like had somebody. Yes. Like, cause the only time I ever had like a break from all of that kind of like weird, like emotional torment was when I would go to camp 
And at camp, I had my friend Marlo, and Marlo was very into um, Olivia Newton-John. And oh I really God. liked Olivia Newton-John. Oh, my God. And she taught me all this stuff about, like, Olivia Newton-John. And then she got very into, like, Swede- Sweden. So then she liked, like, Roxette. Oh, and sh- um, I liked Roxette. And then she liked ABBA. And then she got into all of Scandinavia. So then she was very into, like, Bjork and all of these other Oh, weird, she was, like, like, a deep cut yeah. girl. Okay. Yeah, she was, she was like, very, like, in specific things. She was, like, very into, like, very specific things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she ended up, like, learning Finnish and all of these different languages. <laughs> oh, and my learning, God. Like, she was, like, completely, like, all in on it. Oh, my God. And now she's the day manager at the ABBA Museum in Stockholm. Basically, probably, probably. <laughs> she's met Bjorn. Get it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Listen, I could go down this wormhole with you. I feel like we're just scratching the surface. And then fortunately, we're almost out of time. We're almost out of time. I'm just talking your ear off. Oh my God, I love it. So let's recap. I want to circle back. So first, just like The Ring, uh, the the undead ghost of Madonna summoned you into the garage to listen to that blank tape. Yeah. Then we uh, smash cut to... We well, we had the Madonna videos, and then we also had Paula Abdul's kiss through your mother. Yeah, but then it was like Showgirls. It was like then we had Showgirls. Yes, then we had Kyle McLaughlin. Then we had Paula Abdul. Yes, and then it sounds like a lot of elementary school students who helped you throw down and Sleeping Bag Boy who did some Harry Potter cosplay. Yeah, yeah. fun times. I mean, this is all real rich. Yeah, yaoi. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) chew on that for a while. But while you do, listeners, uh, Brandon, before I let you go, would you like to play a game? Let's play a game. Okay, let's play a game. This game is called Queer, Queerer, Queerist. The rules are very simple. I'm going to give you three things. Uh You're going to put them in order from least queer to most queer and tell me why. Any questions? No. My dog is outside my door. Oh, is... And it's whining. Is your dog okay? We can't hear Yeah, it. she's... he's. She, oh, you can't hear it? Okay. Does your dog want to play? I think she wants to come into the room. Okay, let's just play. Let's just play. Okay, let's just play. If the dog comes in yeah, at some yeah. point, uh, so yeah. be it. Okay, thing number one. The baseline of Mariah Carey's single, Honey. Yeah. Are you familiar? Yeah. Okay, that baseline. Dum, 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 dum. We're having a moment. It's great. Yeah, it has yeah. the like. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah. Okay. Thing number two, the skip it. Do you know what a skip it is? Yeah, I remember. I remember that. I remember always trying to use one, never successfully was able to do it. They were real hard, especially if you yeah. were not a super athletic kid like myself. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know, a skip it is basically like kind of like a ball and chain that goes around your. It's leg. like a giant yo-yo. Yeah, for your ankle. Yeah, but for your ankle, and you gotta like jump on it and spin it at the same time. And it had a counter in it, so every time it did a full rotation, it would count up, and you yeah. would see how many you could do. I never did one. Never got one. Pretty dangerous. I bet you some. Kids broke their ankles on it. Yeah, probably. Anyway, that's thing number two. The final thing, thing number three, Richie Rich's ankle boots. I don't remember those. I don't look those up. Richie Rich, of course, a comic book character. Some people say the living version of Casper the Friendly Ghost, but that's not confirmed. Yeah. Richie Rich has these like little white, they're almost like a, a Jetson boot, but they're real short. Oh, okay, okay. I was thinking like Macaulay Culkin, Richie Rich. Oh, no, the, the OG, the comic, when this yeah. comic was 12 cents. So we've got this poncy little blonde rich kid yeah. wearing an ankle boot. Uh-huh. Okay, so let's recap. Thing number one, baseline from Mariah Carey's Honey. Doo, 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 doo. Thing number two, the skip it, yeah. the ankle breaking yo-yo toy. Yeah. Thing number three, Richie Rich's ankle boots, least queer to most queer and why? Oh my gosh. Oh my Lord. This is a hard one. You got this. Um, Least queer to most queer. Mm. Okay. So I'm going to say least queer is maybe the baseline. Okay. I'm like, even though it's like a very like gay song and like very gay beat, I feel like the bass is still like a very like straight instrument for some Okay. I feel like it's a very like mask. Like it's very like, uh. Like the queers are waiting for the whistle tones. Like whenever I would like talk about like bass players or talk to bass players, like all these girls were like, he's a bass player. So he's good with his fingers. <laughs> they would talk. So it was just like a lot of like, so that's like my experience with, with bass and bass players. It's like okay. a lot of like guys that are good with their fingers, quote unquote. Who cares about um, fingers? Yeah. Um, and then the second one I would say is, um, I would say Richie Rich's ankle boot. Okay. I would say that. I would say that. Because I mean, yeah, they're queer, but they're not like, 
like fashionable. <laughs> yeah. Like you're wearing a queer boot, but it doesn't even yeah, look good. Yeah, it's not flattering for you. <laughs> it's true. It's quite yeah. stubby. Yeah. And then I'll go to skip it because like the skip it was, is they used to be like come in all these different colors <laughs> and just skipping is very gay. There's anything to do with skipping. Yeah, that's true. And it's a toy you can only do one thing with and that is skipping. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean... That all works for me. Let yeah. me just check my numbers because, of course, this is a, a very scientific game and competition. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, great. Congratulations. You <gasps> are a queer person. <gasps> oh, my God. I know. The results are in. Oh, my God. Don't post this. Don't po- Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. So before I let you go, because I have no more games to play with you right oh, now. Oh, man. I know. Well, I can make some up. But listen, anything you want to plug before we say goodbye? Um, I would like to plug my album, Capricornication. Mm-hmm. It was released last year. You can get it anywhere where you buy albums, like on the internet. It's all virtually. Or just go stand in your garage and let the blank CD call you to it. Yeah. It's the first comedy album ever recorded by a gay Black Canadian. It's good. We love it. Yes. And then listen to my podcast, Sitting Up in Our Room. And you can get that wherever you get podcasts. There's my dog. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much. Oh, my God. It was a pleasure. So, yes, please uh, go listen to that album, Capricornication and Sitting Up in My Room, the podcast with Andrew Johnston. Yes. Yes. With Andrew Johnston. All the lols, all the time. Uh, and Brandon, I really want to thank you for coming on here today. And because I was pretty queer when this conversation started and based solely on the things you have said to me, yeah. I am queerer than ever. Yay. <laughs> Keep up God's work. Thank you. Yeah. Doing the Lord's work. Yes. Okay. Go let that dog in. Okay. Bye. Queer, 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 queer. And that is our show, BAM, to use Brandon Ash Muhammad's initials. We're starting season two with a bang. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I would love to hear from you. So send me an email, why don't you, at youmademequeer at gmail.com. As a reminder, you can send your queer origin story and I might read it on the pod. Maybe you have comments. Maybe you have questions. Maybe there's a guest you're really hoping to see on season two. Let me know. I am an island. I book my own guests. This is the power source, so send your mail. Or, you know what, just rag on me if you want. I can I can take all kinds. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, please, if you like. We need your star power. And I've tried to get uh, Russian bots to do it, but I just don't have the budget. So I still need you. And that's it. So remember, we're back in... Two weeks, although, just to make things super confusing, next week we have a live episode hosted by Sonar with an incredible guest that I cannot reveal yet. So follow us on social media for all that information at You Made Me Queer. And now, cue credits. You Made Me Queer is created, produced, and edited by me, Trevor Campbell. Our theme song is by Critty. For more of our music, check out lavenderbruises.bandcamp.com. Our website is youmademequeer.com. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at youmademequeer. New episodes of You Made Me Queer come out every other Thursday. And from the bottom of my big bent heart, thank you for listening. Until next time, remember, we're here, we're queer, and it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs>